And let's turn our Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. We'll begin reading from verse, nine, verse 19 to the end of that particular chapter. James chapter 1, I commence reading from the English Standard Version. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. We end our Bible reading there. We are back in our study through the book of James. And uh, two Sundays ago, which was last month, when I was preaching, we began looking at verse 19 through to verse 20. And there we learned that true faith is receptive to God's word. True faith is receptive to God's word. And we saw that what James was doing in verse 19 and 20 is basically drawing us back to what he had said towards the end of verse 18. And that is of pointing us to the word of truth that brought us forth. And now he connects that by saying that everyone must learn to control uh, how they speak, but they must also be quick to listen, to hear, and then slow to anger. And James gave us the reason that for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And in all this we saw that James' lesson was basically that we must be receptive to God's word. If truly we are God's children, then we will be receptive to God's word. This afternoon we move to verse 21, and here again we see the James telling us that true faith is submissive to God's word. James wants us to see that faith is not just receptive to God's word, it's also submissive to God's word. 
it, you, you, it reads, hears or reads the word and obediently gives itself to what the scriptures or the word is saying. And so when you look at what John's, rather James is saying, he mentions God's word in verse 18, there of chapter 1, and he said, of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And then in verse 21, again, he takes us back to the word, and which we'll be looking at why he says the implanted word. Then in verse 22, 23 and 25, again he brings this aspect of the word of God and in there he's using the word the law, which is still basically taking us to the word. In verse 22 he says, but be doers of the word and not only hearers. In verse 23 he says, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, and then he goes on and then verse 25, again, he calls the word the perfect law, the law of liberty. And so we, we actually see here that James is really concerned about how we relate to the word of God and whether we are truly submissive to God's word. And in our text this afternoon, verse 21, James is talking about submission to the word implanted in us, the word implanted in our hearts. And while he addressed the issue of us being quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, which is basically uh, at a personal level, your personal relationship to the word which you open up in chapter 4, here, the, the primary application in verse 21 is how you respond to God's word. And so, James is saying, in a nutshell, that if God has given you new life, if God has given you new life through his word, you must prepare your hearts to be submissive to God's word. That's what James is saying. If God has given you new life through his word, then you must prepare your hearts to be submissive to his word. So let's open up verse 21 and then we'll draw some lessons for ourselves this afternoon. The first thing that James brings to our attention is the fact, this issue of eagerness to receive the word with purity. This eagerness to receive the word with purity. And that's in the first part of verse 21. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. He's saying, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. And so we see there that true faith has a disposition of readiness to receive the word of God with purity. And so James uses a series of 
uh, vivid pictures or vivid words and pictures to express what is really communicating. And verse 21 begins with the connective word, therefore, and is linking verse 21 to verse 19 and verse 20. And in verse 19 and 20, which you looked at, he's basically addressing us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And now in verse 21, he says, Therefore, in view of what I've addressed, this ought to be your disposition when it comes to the word. And he's saying, put away. Or more, literal, more literally, he's saying, having put aside these things, this is what should be your disposition. And so the term that is used, put away, is a term that is used of taking off dirty clothes and putting them away and getting new, uh, clean ones after a shower and putting them on. And so James bids his audience to get rid of all defilement as a man strips off dirty garments or dirty clothes or as a snake uh, slogs out the, its skin. And James is using that picture language. It's saying, put off filthiness and rampant wickedness. Rampant wickedness. And when he talks about all filthiness and rampant wickedness, again he expands from the scene of verse 19. And he's including all sorts of disobedience to God's word. And the word translated there, all filthiness, is from, from the Greek root word, rupos. Rupos. Now, rupos, when it's used in a medical sense or in medical terms, it refers to the wax of the ear or the wax in the ear. And this is the idea that James is bringing when he talks about eagerness to receive the word with purity. Is, is basically saying to his audience and to all of us here that we, we need to get rid of everything which gathers in the ear, which makes a man deaf. And in reference to God's word, it makes a man deaf to what God is saying. And James is basically saying sin can make a Christian deaf to God's word. And so he's saying, remove the, the, the works or your spiritual works that is blocking you to hear what God is really saying in his word. And furthermore, James mentions the rampant wickedness. And again, the idea that he's communicating is basically of this abundance wickedness. Now, James's communication is, is, is that there is this cancerous growth that needs to be cut away. And James is not in any way saying 
that you can keep some, some, some level of wickedness as long as you get rid of the extra or the excess or the abundance wickedness. But what he's saying is basically that the whole stain or the whole mass of wickedness must be get rid of. There should be no trace of it. And so he's basically saying that the Christian life must be one that once you enter into that relationship with God, you are constantly putting off, putting to death the old self. You are putting to death, to death filthiness. You are putting to death rampant wickedness so that you develop this disposition that wants to receive God's word with purity. And James' thought here is, is similar to that of Paul in, recorded to us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 through to verse 24. In Ephesians 4, verse 22 to 23, the apostle Paul is, is writing and saying, Put off the old self or the old man and put on the new self, the new man. And that you may be renewed by the Holy Spirit. And James also brings this similar idea or uses the same thought here as Apostle Paul. And he's basically saying, put away Get rid of, put off filthiness and rampant wickedness. When James writes, and as he's writing to Christian and to all of uh, to Christians and to all of us, he's basically saying that when we become Christians, we all bring baggage from our old way of life. We bring this baggage from our sinful life, from our old way of life, into the Christian life. And usually, we are blind to much of it. We don't realize that we are displeasing God. We are displeasing Him by our thoughts, by our actions, by our words. But as we begin to dive and to read God's word, it convicts us of those areas where we need to, to be putting to death the old self and to put to death the sin. And so when this happens, the receptive heart cleans out the stain of sin and puts the clean cloth, as it were, of the new life in Christ Jesus. And if you don't do this, that old self, those dirty linen, as it were, will prevent you from growing as a Christian into Christ-likeness. And so James begins by saying here that we need to put away all filthiness. Put away 
all rampant wickedness. And what James is really saying here is that if you are going to be submissive to God's word, this is where you begin. Yes, you've been saved from sin. But you need to look within your heart. Are there those stains of sin? Those old sinful tendencies? That makes you, when you come to God's word, instead of you immediately submitting to what God's word is saying, you begin to wrestle within yourself. And begin to wonder whether this is doable or whether the Christian life is even worth living or whether it's easy to, to respond to God's demands as recorded in the word, in the scriptures. And so James is saying, put away that filthiness. Put it away. Put it off. That rampant wickedness. Put it off. And have this eagerness, this willingness to receive the word with purity. Not with mixed, mixed, mixture of the old and the new life, no, but with purity. Put away your old self. This is what James is saying there. Therefore put away all th filthiness and rampant, rampant wickedness. He's basically saying if you are to receive God's word, receive it with purity. Receive it with a heart that will be submissive when it's here, when it's here God, God's word speaking. It will respond accordingly. But secondly, we see that there must be eagerness to receive the word in humility. There must be eagerness to receive the word in humility. So there's purity, but then James moves on to the aspect of humility. Therefore, put away of filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. And receive with meekness the implanted word. The, re the reception of truth must of necessity be marked by humility. That's what James is telling us there. It must be marked by humility. The word translated humility or other version, versions will say meekness or gentleness. It's, it's a word that is difficult to translate in, in the English uh, language. And that's why you see versions would use, different versions will either use gentleness, humility, or meekness. The King James uses the word meekness. And the ESV also uses the word meekness. W.E. Vine describes meekness as an, in, as an inroad grace of the soul. An inroad grace of the soul and the exercise of it 
is first and chiefly towards God. He says it is this inward grace of the soul and the exercise of it is first and chiefly towards God. It is that temper of spirit in which we accept God's dealings with us as good and therefore without disputing or resisting. And so he's, he's basically saying it's, it is brought about by the grace of God into the soul. And it is seen first and foremost towards your relationship to God. And as it is seen in your relationship to God, it causes you to accept God's dealings with you as first of all as good and therefore without disputing or resisting that which God brings your way. And, and this is the word that James is using here. And really the idea that is being given is, is, is the idea of strength in submission or strength under control. So it is strength in submission or strength under control. And this, this term meekness or gentleness or humility was, was used of Alexander the Great Alexander the Great is horse, his horse. It was always said of his horse, Alexander the Great, that his, his horse was so powerful. It was powerfully strong, but it was also totally submissive and responsive to the master's touch. This, this horse was so strong it would charge into the battlefield when it's required to do so. But it would also be so submissive by the touch of the master. And this is what James is saying. It is strength in submission. It is strength under control. And this is not to be construed as spineless weak, weakness. That's not what James is saying. Instead, it is the quality of a strong man that makes him obedient and submissive rather than puffed up and rebellious. So James is not talking about weakness here. He's rather talking about the strong man and the strength of, of this strong man or this strong man lives his life in obedience to whatever God says and in submission to what God is saying. And he's not rebellious. He's not puffed up. He's able to control himself. Only such a spirit can one receive fully God's word. Only in such a spirit can one fully receive God's truth. And this is what James is saying. There must be this eagerness to receive the word in humility. And the believer with this quality is one who can be very strong 
and yet completely submissive and sensitive to the Lord's command. One who's eager to hear what is God saying? What is it that God wants me to do? What is it that God requires of me? If God's word says this is what God requires of me, I will respond in such a manner. Among, among many other things, meekness or humility, gentleness, includes a very important quality of being teachable. Being teachable. And being teachable is of utter importance in regard to hearing and understanding God's word. If you are not teachable, you will have difficulty in hearing and understanding or receiving instructions from the scriptures. And James is saying the faithful Christian is ready to receive with meekness, the implanted word. He's able to receive with humility that word which is implanted in them. That word which is revealed in the scriptures. And God's word being implanted and taking root in the heart of a believer is a sure evidence that one is in the faith. And this word was implanted at a time of salvation. And with the Holy Spirit to interpret and empower, the word becomes a vital element in the Christian life. It becomes a vital element in this new spiritual life of a Christian. And so James is saying, remember that time when you became saved. The word was implanted in you. And the word that was implanted in you, now respond to it with meekness. And you must not just respond to it, but there must be eagerness. Eagerness to hear. Eagerness to respond to it with gentleness. Eagerness. To say, God, if this is what you want me to do, I will respond accordingly. And the picture that James is giving us here is, is, like the, is the picture of the parable of the sower. The sower is scattering the seed of the word. And the seed falls upon the heart, which is a good soil, and it receives the seed and bears fruit. He's not talking about the other seed that fell on thorny grounds or on hard or on rocky places. No, it's the word that has fell on the good soil. It is implanted and it begins to bear fruit. And James is saying that true faith 
receives the word implanted at salvation with meekness. It is that word that must be watered. It is that word that must be nurtured. It is that word that continually as it been continually received grows us into Christ likeness. It is that word which guards us, guides us. It is that word which makes us to know that which God wants us to do. It is that word that helps us to see the areas of our life that needs to be brought into full submission to God's control. It is that word that helps us and reminds us of the things that God has promised in his word. It is that word that reminds us that we are God's children and we are marching to Zion, that beautiful and wonderful city of God. And James' concern here is that to remind us that true faith receives God's word with meekness. True faith is not puffed up. It's not rebellious against God's word. True faith is eager to receive the word, but that word is received with meekness. And James is saying, one of the things that are challenging to the Christian is that when you're going through trials, this aspect of eagerness of receiving the word with meekness is not there. And hence he reminds us, as, you, you, as we, we, we learned when we were looking at chapter, verse 2 through to verse 4, the context of trials, that the first thing is that you, 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 you want to find a solution to your trials, but James takes us back to this aspect that even in the midst of trials, there must be this disposition within you that wants to receive the word with meekness and trust God, because it is that way that was implanted in your life at salvation that continues to transform you and making you to be more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. As you read the word, the, the Holy Spirit applies it to our lives. And it helps us to grow. So James reminds us that you must continually receive the word of God in the sense of allowing it to direct and control your life. And this requires that you are submissive to the word of God. You are obedient to the word of God. And that obedience will be seen in meekness of your spirit. And then the last thing that James deals with, uh, deals with is the wonderful results promised. 
the wonderful results that are promised in the last part of verse 21. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Which is able to save your souls. And James gives us this, this wonderful results. This wonderful promise that these wonderful results of the received word is that the word is able to save your souls. The word of God, faithfully proclaimed and attentively received, is able to save those who hear it. It has the power to transform lives because it's active and it's living. The word save implies not only, it implies not merely the salvation of the soul, but the restoration of life. The restoration of life. When you read in Mark chapter, chapter 5 and verse 34, remember the account of the woman who had the issue of the flow of, of blood. In Mark chapter 5 and verse 34, when Jesus healed the woman who had suffered from a flow of blood for 12 years, he said to, to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. The Greek actually say, your faith has saved you. Not your faith has healed you, but that your faith has saved you. Now in that context, to save means to make a person whole and complete in every aspect in every respect. And James is bringing that same idea that this is what the word of God is able to do to those who believe. It's not just merely bringing salvation, but it brings a restoration of life. It brings the wholeness of life. It brings a complete aspect to the rest of one's life. And so James says, think back to that day when you were saved, that initial salvation, that moment when you heard the word and you were saved. He said the gospel, the word of God came to you and showed your, your sin and transformed you. It, did not it saved you from your sins, yes, but it brought about a total change, a total wholeness of life. And the gospel helped you to see what God requires of you and how you ought to live your life in the way that pleases God. And there, James is saying, this is what it does. The word which is implanted in you 
He is able to save your souls. He doesn't just give you surety or permit that you're going to heaven. It also guides you on how to please God as you march to heaven. And as you live your life on earth, it brings about a total transformation. It brings about a wholeness of life. And as you dig into the word, the word by the power of the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and bringing to your life areas you need to work on. And as you continue to work on those areas, it's showing you more areas you need to work on. And as you work on those areas, it's making you to grow from one degree of spirituality into another. And as you do so, your standard is the Lord Jesus Christ. The word is able to save by being a constant resource of God's truth. And that the Holy Spirit uses the word to guard and to guide believers from the power and the control of sin. And James, he's saying, the word is able to save your soul and is viewing salvation as the entire process of the Christian life culminating in our ultimate deliverance from sin and death that takes place at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ so when we are called home by death. And James is saying this is what the Bible does. Salvation is implanted and you are not left to yourself to, to figure out how to navigate the waters of the Christian life. It guides you. It's with you. And the Holy Spirit is reminding you that, yeah, you are on the right path. Continue with the Word. Continue in the Word. It is the power of God unto salvation. These are the wonderful promises that we see there. But when there's an eagerness to receive the word with purity, eagerness to receive the word with meekness, these are the wonderful results. The word is able to save your soul. And in James' mind, the word save is a radical word. It's a word that talks about being rescued or being delivered. But it's also a word that brings to mind the restoration of life. And if you want to know true life, if you want to know what real life is, go to the scriptures. Read what God's word says about how to live life on earth that pleases him. But you need to submit to the word with humility, putting aside all arrogance, all pride, 
and welcoming God's word into your life as your deliverer. It will save you, it will save you from destruction if you receive it and obey it. But it will help you to grow in Christ's likeness. The teachable spirit is obedient and submissive to God's word. And therefore, teachable spirit is humble enough to learn from the word, to learn from others who open up God's word. If your heart is indifferent to God's word, James is saying, be quick to hear. Be quick to hear. If you find yourself being indifferent to God's word, be quick to hear. If you are prone to sprout off arrogantly with how much you know, James is saying, be slow to speak. If you are fighting some aspect of the word or there's some things that you read in the Bible and you don't like, James is saying to you, be slow to anger. Be slow. And then if you're, you are tolerating sin, tolerating filthiness, James is saying, put aside all filthiness and rampant wickedness. Put aside. And if you are resisting God's commands that are designed to rescue you from sin, James is saying, in humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your soul. The teachable spirit is not blinded by its own overmastering biases, but it is clear. It has this clear eye to the truth of God's word. And where God's truth is taught, it's propagated. True faith wants to be taught, wants to receive. It wants to learn. Teachable spirit accept the discipline of learning from the scriptures, learning from those who are teaching the scriptures. True faith is characterized by meekness. And meekness is the perfect conquest and control of everything in our nature as we come to the scriptures. We allow the Bible, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to speak to us. Only as we take the Bible as the word of God, will we profit and benefit from the Bible. And as we journey through this life, as we journey through 
this world, as we journey through the Christian life, our prayer must be that, Lord, teach me your way. Teach me your way. Help me to walk aright, more by faith and less by sight. Lord, lead me with heavenly light. Lord, teach me your way. That must be our prayer. That as we go through this life, that Lord should teach us his ways. And as someone has said, and with that I will conclude, that the Christian life is long obedience in the same direction. Long obedience in the same direction. Amen.